Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. We've got an awesome show lined up for you. And, uh, you know, much to my chagrin, at, you know, in the beginning of the show every week, I have to welcome in my podcast co-host. If, any of, if anybody knows uh, of somebody who's looking to be a podcast co-host, I'm going to unabashedly on the air just say I'm looking for a replacement for somebody who's not as high maintenance, this guy is actually riding into the studio right now on a white noble steed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, the one, the only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, Mr. Dean Holland. <laughs> I'm like muting myself because I'm laughing my ass off just <laughs> listening to your nonsense. <laughs> How you doing, James? Good to be back. It's good to be here with you, man. I uh, I I figured, you know, maybe I could get away with asking if there's another person I could do the show with. Right. I mean, you can ask. I mean, you'll notice complete silence because nobody wants to put up with you. Um, <laughs> but you can ask. Feel free. Whatever makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's good. At least, you know, I'm planting a seed out there in the world. And, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, so this way, you know, you're on notice. You kind of like step up your game a little bit. And, um, but, but in all honesty, the, uh, the demands to feed your horse right, and, and list those under show expenses, I think they've gotten out of control. I think, <laughs> I think we need to do something about that. <laughs> I know. anyone to think I've worked for the UK government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is this line item of $93,000 in the last 30 days? And it just says <laughs> oats. <laughs> right. I was like, what the hell is happening to this show? It's out of control. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, it's going to be one of those shows, apparently. So I hope everyone's enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so um, so we've actually got, I think, a really interesting thing that we want to talk about with everybody today. Yes. It's something, uh, you know, I sometimes I'm like, man, I feel like a lot of people deal with an issue but I don't want to blow it out of proportion. But I really do believe this particular issue, at some point in your life, your business career, every single person has dealt with what we're about to talk about today. Do you feel like that is overstating what, what we're about to share with everybody? No, I don't, I, I don't think so in the slightest. Um, I mean, I, I, sure. Well, of course I, not. You're the guy who spent $93,000 on oats for his right, I'm that guy. horse. I'm that guy. Yeah. I mean, I think we understated it all, like massively. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, okay. So so what we're going to talk about today is th really, like broadly speaking, the the topic of overwhelm when running and growing a business. And I don't know about you, Dean, but when I when I started, you know, my businesses, nobody told me, nobody warned me, hey, just a heads up you're like, you're headed for a lot of overwhelm. Everyone's like, Oh, it's going to be amazing. There's going to be, <laughs> you know, you're going to make more money than you've ever made. And you're going to have freedom. And you're going to just like, you know, the four hour work week. And I was like, man, this is the best. Like, why isn't everybody doing this? Lo and behold, this overwhelm monster creeps right. in and you're just like, Oh my God, all of the things that I have going on in my life right now, how am I going to get everything done? Right. Yeah. Right? And I, yeah. I think, I th and I, I would add to it that I think, I think it's overwhelm and like for people that have been doing, living in that state for a long time, consciously or otherwise, you reach burnout as well. You do reach burnout. Like where completely. it's just like, maybe you don't even have the choice to slow down now. Like your body is just going to tell you like, no, you're done. Like you need to listen to me and stop this nonsense, this bad behavior and yeah. just really step back and figure out what on earth's going on here. No, that's absolutely right. Cause, cause everyone's like, okay, well I, you know, I'm busy. 
There's a lot that I have to worry about. There's a lot that I have to do, but, but eventually something's going to give. And hopefully what we're going to talk about today helps you figure out how to get out of that state of overwhelm before that something that gives is your physical health or your mental well-being or your relationships or any of the things that um, I would, I would just violently argue are way more important than making money. Definitely, definitely. Well, I, I, I've got no problem in sharing this publicly. Like, I, I, you know, I, I, I might, might sort of help to preempt why we're even maybe maybe this conversation even comes up and, and is so important to discuss today. Like, so just to tell tell anybody listening, like, cast go back one week. Um, I, I'm juggling multiple projects at the moment. You know, we've shared on on several shows before. You and I are both in similar situations in some respects, James, that, you know, we both have quite a few things going on. You know, you have a, an active involvement or interest or own multiple different companies. I'm the same. You know, we've got at least like two two main companies that we're running right now between my wife and I. Um, and inside of those companies, they all have their individual things going on, right? One company is already enough. Um, yeah. so, so to be involved in multiple there's a lot going on there. And, and, and I'll say like, I I've made no secret in the past that you've helped me James with, with what you do and the consulting you've offered me and my company to help me scale my team and grow my team that even allows me to even contemplate having as much going on as I do have. But even with that says, like I have been involved in internet businesses for 16 years now in some capacity. And, and I've only known one gear. I'm not going to lie. I've only known one gear and that's been go, you know, and some of the, you know, in the early stages that was go because it was fight or flight. It was like, like, you know, something has to work. I have to do something. Yep. Um, and, and I think in all honesty, I've, I've kept that gear ever since, even though I've got a team and even though I don't have to do everything anymore, I still have that same mentality. I'm the, the owner of the business. I have to drive this. I have to go, go, go constantly. And, um, last week, I came to my office because one of the projects I'm working on at the moment requires me to record a lot of videos, create a lot of training and, you know, education materials that we're doing. And I sat in the office and I've, I've been experiencing a few chest pains for a little while, things that I've not had before. And, you know, obviously you have these little things go on and generally, I don't know if anyone else is as dumb as me, but I'll go to Google and search what I've got. And it could be, I could have a bruise on my little finger. It's always going to end in cancer as far as Google's concerned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I've kind of pushed this feeling to one side for quite a while. You know, this isn't something that just came on. And then last week I'm sat in the office knowing that this deadline is looming to complete this stuff. And that deadline was days away. And the more I was sitting there working on it, I started to feel like I'm not going to get this done. Um, and I've already missed one deadline with it because of a lot of other things going on. And I, I was sitting here about to record a video, sitting at my desk. And all of a sudden I started struggling to breathe. And there was no reason for it. I wasn't, I wasn't sitting there panicking or worrying. I was just working and it just came mm. out of the blue. So now I had this shortness of breath coupled together with these chest pains I've been experiencing. I thought, you know what? Like I need to stop ignoring this. So I called the doctor and um, basically the receptionist, it wasn't even the doctor, the person on the other end of the phone, when they asked it as, as to why I was calling, she told me to put the phone down and ring an ambulance immediately and go, I needed to go immediate medical attention straight to hospital, um, which obviously was quite scary in and of itself. So, you know, me being me, I didn't call an ambulance. Thought, oh, I don't want to make a bunch of fuss. You, so just, I just, you rode the horse to the hospital. I took the horse straight to the hospital. Yep. No saddle, just straight there. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, anyway, I ended up actually having to get straight to hospital. I spent a whole day or most of a day in hospital having all kinds of tests and uh, x-rays, blood tests and all kinds of things. And it was a very, it was actually quite a worrying time because of the current COVID situation. My wife wasn't even allowed in the hospital with me. So I'm all alone. I'm sitting there and they're taking blood out of me and doing all this stuff. And then in between all these things happening, they would leave me in this room. And, and obviously with the current situation in the world, it was like isolated in a room and nobody come in until they need me. And so there were periods of time where it was like 45 to 60 minutes where I was just sitting alone waiting for something else to happen. And obviously in those times, I'm not going to lie, like I've not had an experience like that. So I, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny, I suppose, in a way to laugh about this afterwards. But in those moments, 
I'm I'm running through all kinds of scenarios. I'm thinking, what do I do when this doctor walks in and tell me I'm dying? Or what do I walk, what do I do if they run this X-ray and they find a tumor in me? All these thoughts. Like, and I'm sure I'm not alone. We've all had moments like that where you think worst case scenario. Um, but the the outcome of this whole experience and ordeal was is that nothing serious was found. Nothing showed up in any blood tests. Nothing showed up in any X-rays. And so they basically just turned to me and said, look, have you got a lot of pressure going on? Are you experiencing stress? Have you got this and that? And they were asking me all these questions. And, you know, I came away from it thinking about, you know, what are the actual honest answers to these questions? You know, there's one thing that I tell the doctor and then there's another thing that, what is the truth? Am I pressured? Am I stressed? (laughs) Is all this stuff going on? You know, to the doctor, it's like, no, I don't think so. I think I feel (laughs) fine. When I leave there, I'm thinking, okay, what on earth's going on? Where's the stress? Where's the pressure? Where's this? Where's that? And as I stepped back, uh, I actually took, I actually took a few days off work. I didn't even pick up a computer. I didn't look at anything. And it just, (laughs) oh my gosh, it's happening again. (laughs) They're coming back for me. (laughs) It's because you lied to the doctor. This isn't the ambulance this time. It's the police. (laughs) My goodness. Oh my gosh. So Anyway, I sat there and I, and I just went through this process where I wanted to get everything out of my head and onto paper. You know, any thought I was having, any, any project I'm working on, any task that's looming in the back of my head, both personally and professionally. You know, we all have stuff going on in our personal lives, let alone in business. Yeah. And so I just dropped everything down. And after a day of doing this, the scary thing was, as I looked down at multiple, multiple sheets of paper full with stuff that I'm containing in my mind. All of a sudden I looked at it and and me and my wife sat there and it was like, I'm surprised that I even just had that experience and I didn't just have a flat out heart attack or breakdown. Mm. Like how on earth am I living this way? And the reality is, is I've never, I don't think for a long time I've stopped to actually think about what I'm doing and how I'm operating. I feel like I've just kept running and running and running and building these beasts of companies that are growing. And, you know, I'm driven by that growth. And so it excites me. And so I run faster and faster. And all the while, I'm just saying yes to everything. Like, yeah, we should do that. Yes, we should do that. Oh, we can do that. We can take this on. We'll do that. Yes, I'll do this. I'll do that. And I've ended up in this situation where literally my body last week, you know, I can only just assume that I reached this point of, overwhelm and burnout of running for more than a decade of my life and now in this situation where my body just said to me like enough is enough you know and 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 you've got to stop and you've got to look at what on earth's going on here because the the stark wake-up call that this has given me is that I'm running so fast for the success and the reward that actually if I keep running like this I'm going to drop dead before I ever get there yeah well that you know that's the thing and and this is you know, one of the one of the reasons why I said at the beginning of the show, what we're talking about here today is not, you know, an isolated thing, like only a handful of people experience this. I think it's it's really easy to find yourself in a situation and you know, this kind of went pretty far. Could it have gone further and, and been worse? A hundred percent. And I know I personally know people who have gone further and have had more uh, you know, negative consequences from not from not dealing with this, but it's, it's easy to let things accumulate. And it's really easy to keep things going, uh, in circles in your head. And, Mm -hmm. and it's so important to have strategies for getting things out of your head, for prioritizing what you're focusing on to be able to play the long game. Cause exactly like you're saying, you know, if you just, you know, push at 150 miles an hour all of the time and you never shift gears and you don't take time to cut things and say no and reevaluate and you've got a million things circling around in your head your your physiology your body is just not designed to handle that and uh and, and anybody who tells you like oh it doesn't you know it doesn't impact me um just hasn't felt the effects yet it doesn't mean it's not happening and so um you know obviously I'm uh, I'm I'm super grateful that you know was nothing serious this time, and you're able to take, you know, take a pause and use some of the strategies that we're going to share with everybody to reevaluate and kind of get get back and control of things instead of having things control you. Mm. Um, but I can't I can't 
over over like uh emphasize how important this conversation is um you know cuz for me this it, it comes down to a, a phrase that I've I've heard a long time ago health is wealth and you know there's there is nobody who has millions or billions of dollars in the bank account who is sitting there without their health who wouldn't trade it in an instant like in an instant and um and so it's really really important for us as business owners and entrepreneurs to play the long game and part of the long game is staying alive you know <laughs> right. it wouldn't be a bad starting point at least <laughs> yeah it's like okay wait a second in order, in order to play the long game that presupposes i need to be around for a long time right you yeah know? i mean i, I mean, i've just remembered Actually, one of the things the doctor said, he said, it looks like this started maybe a little more than two years ago. What changed? And the only thing I could come up with was knowing you. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that. That's why I need to take so much vacation and time off. It's not because my work is so hard. It's because I have to do this damn show with you every <laughs> I'll tell you where I'd love to begin, just asking you this question, see your input. Is there such a thing as a perfect balance between work, life, health, wealth, all this stuff? So I think the idea that anything is perfect is a myth. What, what I do think is it's incumbent upon each and every one of us to calibrate our processes so that we are running at our optimal performance. Um, for for example, I know, so I took last week off and uh, really didn't work. I was just like, we didn't go anywhere, had no plans. Like nobody's doing a lot of traveling, right? This, this year because of COVID and everything else. And so for me, if I'm not traveling, I'm, I'm working because I do right. love to work. I enjoy what I do. I, just like you, I love the, the excitement of, of growing a business and seeing results and, and it's very exciting. And I think that's, you know, part of the mentality that gets us caught up in, you know, taking on too much and not taking care of ourselves. But last week, you know, kind of been six months, uh, you know, since the holidays or, you know, close to it. And I was just like, you know what? I, I want to just take a break. And, and so I took a break. And every time I take a break, when I come back, I have this renewed strength, renewed energy, renewed excitement, mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. And I'm getting better and better at it. But there were years where I went years and years and years without ever taking a break. And right. I, would, I was dragged kicking and screaming on vacation, I think, four or five years ago um, when, uh, when Yada came to me and she said for uh, this was <laughs> my birthday is in March. She came to me at Christmas and she said, OK, I have good news and I have bad news. I was like, uh oh, <laughs> I don't like where this is headed. <laughs> and, and I said, okay, give me the good news first. She said, all right, the good news is I'm taking you to Italy. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I was like, what's the bad news? She's like, we're going to be gone for 11 days and you're not going to be able to work. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> and, and so she's like, but there's more good news. It's not for another four months. So you have four months to get yourself ready. And I was like, okay. So I did, but, um, and I didn't work the whole time and, you know, Thankfully, everything with my my business was great, and my team took over, and you know just did a phenomenal job. And I probably could have done it sooner, but that was a that was a like landmark moment for me mm. in really recognizing not that um, not that it's like an indulgence to take a break, but that it's a necessity to take a break. And then and so right. I started doing a lot more research on this and a lot more of my own you know, kind of personal experimentation around routines and, you know, breaks and work effort and all this other stuff. And so here's what I would say. I don't think that there's a perfect balance, but I think there are uh, routines and habits that you need to uncover and implement for yourself that help you achieve an optimal state of performance where you're not feeling stressed, where you're not feeling fatigued, where you're feeling like you can give it your best effort each and every day. And there's uh there's a, a a curve, and if I had a whiteboard here, I would I would draw it out. But on on one axis, 
is the amount of stress. And on the other axis is performance. And it's a curve. And in the middle, there's this optimal place where there's a certain amount of stress that leads to peak performance. And before that, if you don't have enough stress, you're not performing at your best. And if you have too much stress, you're not performing at your best. And so our goal really needs to be finding that sweet spot for ourselves and saying, okay, because like if you're just, you know, a couch potato or you're lying on the beach all of the time, there's no stress and your performance is non-existent. Right. Right. And then on the other end of the spectrum, like you, like you're talking about, there's too much stress and performance decline. So for me, what we're really optimizing for is how do we get the most performance? And part of that is, you know, some of the self-care routines, but part of it is also making sure we're focused on things that are most important. So that was a long, long answer to a question, but I don't think there's a perfect balance. I think it's optimizing what creates the right level of performance for you. Right. Yeah. I love that. And I, I, I would agree. Actually. That's why I, uh, that's why I didn't answer first. Cause I, I, I've always, you hear this elusive thing of, Oh, you've got to find the perfect work life balance. And I think if you, you chase something that maybe isn't quite necessarily possible, then you might always be chasing that. <laughs> yeah. Cause like for me, uh, you know, perfect work, work life balance. Like, okay. So, so somebody's going to say, okay, well, I'm going to work eight hours a day and then, and then what I'm going to sleep eight hours a day. And then what do you do at the other eight hours? You'd like, watch freaking TV. Like that would make me nuts. I would, (laughs) I would absolutely hate that life. You know, um, maybe there's a period of concentrated work, but then there's a period of, you know, recreation or there's a period of, you know, doing something that's not directly work, but you give your mind space to think like, I'm a big, big fan of having an ample amount of time in my calendar to just think. Um, you know, I've been going on these, uh, very long bike rides lately since I've been rehabbing my knee from my surgery. Part of what I'm doing is riding my bike a lot. So I've been riding my bike about a hundred miles a week. And that gives me plenty of time to be physically active and to think. And that for me recharges me. And that might not be the thing for everybody, but I think you need time away from what's going on in late the actual doing. And so that you have a space to be right. We're, we're human beings, not human doings. And so we need to create that space for us to be and, and how much of that you need as an individual is something that, you know, that, that you need to calibrate for yourself. Right. Just, just to be clear, I don't have my own sound deck, but if I did, I would have played something exciting at the point you just announced we're human beings, not human doings. Well, you, maybe you should have, you know, your own sound because probably should if you're going to keep coming out with things like that then i really will invest yeah because you probably should have played something like this (laughs) there we go (laughs) okay so so let's so here's what i here's what i want to hear from you okay what what did you do let's get into some tips okay all right okay love of god what's the name of this show right the name of this show is just a tip so we got to give people some tips There we go. Okay. So if you tuned in for the tips, let's dive in. So um, here's the pros. Here's here's how I began the process. This was my natural thing. I thought if I've got so much going on that's causing me this stress and this health decline and et cetera, et cetera, let me first figure out what on earth I'm holding on to. Like I've clearly got a lot going on in my mind. So let me empty that. And I I did this thing. I, I don't know if other people would like this, but I call it like a brain dump where I'm just like, right, just forget the computer, forget anyone and everything. Let me sit in my own perfect silence with a notepad and a pen. And I'm just going to write down every single thing, thought, task, project, both personally and professionally that's on my mind right now. And I'm going to write until I literally cannot think of anything more. And so that's how I began this process. And I, I just kept writing. I had this lined paper pad I just kept writing one item per each line. And it was everything. And some of that, like most of it was business stuff, but some of it was just like little menial personal tasks and little things that I'm thinking about, you know, little, like there's one or two things that I keep telling my wife, oh yeah, I'll get that done. Like, stop, stop going on about it. I'll do like that. you, like you have, like it's been a while since you bought new nipple tassels for your burlesque. Show. Right. You know, and they're just sitting there just flailing in the wind in the, uh, mm-hmm. in the corner of the bedroom and they just look just depressed. They're just sad. ignored. Yeah. yeah. They're real sad nipple tassels right now. 
Um, <laughs> and so what, what ended up from this, I had this, this like probably what, three or four pieces of paper where I had, it must be easily a hundred things are on this paper. And, I, and I'm not going to lie, like just doing that alone, if I stopped there, obviously not a lot would change, but I'll be honest, just doing that alone, it felt like this weight, this like bunch of bricks was just lifted off my shoulders and back. Well, you know, what's, in, what's interesting about that. And I, and I, there's, I think there's a good reason for that. So the, the human mind is not designed for short-term storage, right? It's, mm. it's, um, that's like, imagine our minds are like a super powerful computer, which in many senses they are, but even more amazing. Right. right. Yeah. And so, so on, on your computer, if you just like constantly are cramming stuff into the short term memory, there's not really a lot of space left for processing things real time. Yeah. And yeah. our, our memories, like we have a long term memory, we have a short term memory, and we, we tend to try and cram way too much stuff in to our short term memory. And in some senses, you know, the analogy breaks down at some point, but in some senses that causes us to short circuit because we, we run out of processing capacity because we've overloaded short-term memory. And so what, what you did really is a brain dump. You're like, okay, I'm going to get all of this stuff out of short-term memory and I'm going to put it somewhere else. And now that it's safe and it's out of short-term memory, suddenly your mind feels more free. Yeah. Instantly. Right. It's because you're like, all right, I'm going to restart and just like dump all this stuff right now. And and there is an, a massive amount of uh, science behind why that's helpful. But the, the best analogy is this whole short term memory thing. Mm-hmm. And and we tend to clog up that short term memory. And and so I think one of the routines is it's great to do this brain dump. But I think it's even it's even more important to have a system that we use on a regular basis so that we don't even accumulate stuff yes. in the short-term memory. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, this is something now. Like, I don't remember the last time I did that. I know I have, but I don't remember it. So it's not recent. Um, and this has shown me, like, you can't get to this point. Like, you, sh- you should not get to this point that I, that I got last week. So you're absolutely right. That needs to be a, there needs to be a regular, repeatable way of just making sure it doesn't even reach point of, of getting overloaded. Yeah. Yeah. And so like for, for me, one of the, one of the systems that I use is I have, I have a notebook with me, um, all the time. I have this cool thing called a remarkable, it's like an e-ink notebook. And if for some reason that's not with me, I have Evernote on my phone, but I have, uh, I have capture lists. And if I have a thought or I have an idea instead of being, instead of like trying to hang on to that idea, like, Oh, I got to remember that. I, I honestly strive to not have to remember anything. Mm. Like if, if I can, if I have everything captured in a systematic way, which has taken a while to do this, but I have strategies around this now, then I don't have to remember anything. And that, that is the most liberating feeling of all because I'm walking around not thinking about anything except what I want to focus on right now. Right. You know, and, and it's so important. And so even if all you're doing is, you know, you have a a notebook somewhere and this is a place to start, uh, you know, notebook somewhere and you have different categories, you know, I have different categories for things I'm thinking about in business, things about marketing, things about sales, delivery, operations, finance. Then I have, you know, personal things, fitness things, you know, ideas and, and whatever. And I just, I just have this list and you know, once a week, I'll go through the list and I'll say, is there anything here that needs to be taken uh, seriously that I need to take action on? Then I'll move it into my, into my next system, which is where we take action on things. And if there's nothing that needs to be taken action on, then it just stays there. And, and it's fine. Like it's not in my head. And and I don't care if I use up computer memory because that's not going to slow me down. And disk space is insanely cheap. So I just write it down and, um, and I've been doing this for years now, and it's it's honestly the the most important strategy that I have to be able to think strategically and clearly on a regular basis is not to allow my mind to be clogged up mm. with things like 
who like what a low level activity it is to constantly be trying to remember, oh, I need to remember to buy milk on the way home from the office. I need to remember to buy milk on the way home from the office. Like, really? Like, that's what you're going to use the most expensive real estate in the entire world. <laughs> the, the space between your two ears to remember that you have to buy milk on the way home. Like, right. that's, that's insanity. Yeah. And yeah, it's so easy to slip into that habit. Like, and you're like, I love the fact that you just said something like milk because it even does come down to those little stupid, insignificant things. Yeah. Like, oh, I must remember to do this. Like, oh, I must remember to do that. Oh, I'll do that in a moment. Oh, I'll write that down in a few minutes. And yeah. you're like, how many times, like if you, even if that happened like two or three times a day, like that's, that's dozens of times a week. That's like unfathomable how we, how we could continue that way. Yeah. And, and, you know, we talk, we talk, I talk a lot in, in business about focusing on your highest value tasks, right? Focus on the things that's going to, you know, make the most money and give you the most leverage and all of that stuff. And, and there's a, that concept that I think is, I don't, I don't want to say well understood, but I think it's accepted. People accept, mm. okay, I should focus on the things that are going to give me the biggest bang for my buck. But, but if we extrapolate that, further and we say, well, if I'm going to do the things that are going to give me the biggest bang for my buck, why wouldn't I only think about the things that are going to give me the biggest bang for my buck mm -hmm. and not bother myself with thinking about the other things? And, and you're, you're hundred percent right. This, this is a, it is a habit to fall into, to just start accumulating things. And I think the antidote to that is developing the habit of getting things out on a regular basis, yeah. right? So yeah. even if you're not to the point where it's going to be immediate, maybe at the end of every day or the beginning of the day, set aside 10 minutes, the what's on my mind brain dump time. Yes. Right. And, yeah. and put that on your calendar and every morning commit to that for 10 minutes before you actually start your day, you're going to start your day with a clear head and you're going to get so much more done not because you're spending more time doing something because you have more processing capacity and you don't have junk clogging up your short-term memory. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And it, actually, ironically, on what you just said about, you know, figuring out what are the, um, you know, the, the, the income producing activities, or I think you worded it differently, but same thing. Um, that was exactly sort of what I then moved into following on from my list. So I'd done this initial brain dump of everything and got it all out. I then just separated out the personal stuff and just put them in a personal list. But then just looking at the business side of things, what I then wanted to start doing is exactly what you've just said is I took this whole list and then said, well, out of this stuff, which of it actually directly or indirectly contributes towards increasing income and revenue for the business? And, and, and that was just my starting point. So let's just say it was 100 items. It wasn't, but it was thinking it was a bit more. But let's just say it was 100 items the equivalent of what I ended up with at the end of that, that second stage of this exercise, I ended up with two lists. One was the brain dump of everything. And one was in that list of everything, what stuff actually makes money? Like what is the income producing activities, tasks, projects, et cetera, on this list? And I pulled out, I was very strict and pulled out only the things that did that. And I ended up with less than 10% on this second list. Yeah. Like, Less than 10%, I think it was nine items. So I went from 100 items that I'm storing in my brain, trying to hold on to, thinking oh, I've got all this stuff going on. Only nine of those 100 items, give or take, actually directly contributed towards income, which means I'm holding on to like 80 plus things that even if I do them or not, it's not going to make a difference to what's in the bank. Yeah. And so... What I ended up actually beyond, beyond the scope of that, and you might have a far better process perhaps for this, but what I then did, I said, well, all these items that are left, like there's a lot of stuff in there that even though it's not going to contribute towards income, I know it still needs doing. Like this is a project that has to get completed. Like it, this is a thing that needs to be done. And so I then, I then said to myself, well, I can't just have these two lists. What I need to do is prioritize or put these in categories. And so what I ended up doing, I devised three categories for myself. High priority, which was income producing activities. 
Then I had mid-level activities and then low priority. Low priority to me was like, if it never got done, it wouldn't really matter. It's just stuff I would perhaps like to do or think could be good. But if I never did it, it may not ever matter, or at least I can't see why. And so I started dividing things up into these activities. And what I found is, like I say, 10 or less was on the like income producing, which I put into top priority. Um, I, I can't remember how it all fell about. But um, when all was said and done, I think about I think it was about 20 percent of my list ended up in low priority which was maybe 20 or so things. So out of all this stuff I'm remembering, a good chunk of it would never even matter a damn if I never touched it or thought about it again for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah, I'm holding on to it and thinking, I've got all this stuff that I've got to do. Well, I already, I could already offload 20% of that pressure and never notice a damn difference. <laughs> yeah. It's insanity, really. When you see it laid out like that, it was a real eye-opener. One, uh, one of my favorite quotes is Warren Buffett said, that the difference between highly successful people and everyone else is that highly successful people say no most of the time. And I think that really comes down to what are we going to focus on? Because there's an infinite, like literally an infinite number of things that we can focus on, right? You can, you know, you can go down so many different rabbit holes on so many different topics, even in marketing, let right. alone all the other aspects of business, let alone hobbies and everything else in life. It's like, there is more that you can possibly do in a thousand lifetimes. And so it must become critical that you're clear on what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to. Because if you don't, you just wind up accumulating and accumulating all of these different things. And so for me, one of the other um strategic habits that I have in place is having clear criteria up front, like as good as it is to get everything out of your head, it's even better to never let it in and mm, yeah. to have clear criteria up front. What am I going to say yes to? Right. And so, and so for me, this regular, uh, capture process, that's just like, more of a creative exercise, like wh whatever wants to come through comes through. But, but when it becomes, do we do this or don't we do this? That's where we have clear criteria. And, and I'm looking for reasons to say no to things mm. as opposed to reasons to say yes to things, because the things that I say yes to, I want to make sure are the absolute most important things that are critical, right? Cause if I'm only working on a few critical things, the likelihood of one being in that optimal state of performance is higher, but two, I'm, I'm also going to get much better results, um, because I'm only working on the things that are really critical. And so, so I actually have, I actually have a framework that I call the, uh, the dad framework. And the way that I think about it is there's four, four stages that we process things through. And the first one is the question, does this need to be done? And if it does, great, we'll move on to the next thing. But I've found most things don't need to be done. And uh, and a lot of times we say yes to things because we they make us feel important. They make us feel busy. They make us feel like, you know, we're productive. Mm, um, yeah. and, and so the first D in the dad framework is delete it. Like I want to delete as much as possible. Um, and even if, and like I would go so far as to say, I would rather delete something that is necessary and later find out it was necessary than to accept things that are unnecessary, right? Like I'd rather yes. have the line further on the let's delete it side and figure out if that was a bad idea than accept something and later find out that we didn't need it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, th I think that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. I think a lot of times we say yes, because we're so scared of missing a chance or missing yeah. a shot. Yeah. It's like, what? Come on there's there's an infinite number of opportunities right. as well yeah. and 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 i and i think this you know this is a maybe a topic for a different time but this also comes down to what is our world view like do we have a world view that says that we live in an abundant world where there's more than enough opportunities there's more than enough resources there's more than enough creativity to capitalize on those opportunities and resources to create what we want and if you believe that there is an abundance of all those things, 
then there is no missing out because you know, between your creativity and resourcefulness and everything else, opportunities just continue to multiply and expand. But then on the other side, there's the scarcity mindset and the scarce worldview that says, if I don't do this, like this is like something bad's going to happen or like it's never going to work out for me or I'm going to miss out on this thing or this opportunity or whatever. And so that that scarcity mindset leads us to saying yes mm-hmm. to way more things than we really should because we're just like hoping that something's going to going to take and that right. it's going to work out for us. But and so so that's an important, you know, kind of component of the uh the intestinal fortitude to say no to things is to understand that we really don't live in a scarce world. The only time there's any scarcity is when we have a scarcity of resourcefulness and creativity in how we maximize the things that we actually have access to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love this. I love this. I'm, I'm actually taking notes, I'm, I'm li- which is hard for me to admit because I don't actually like you, but I'm taking notes. Well, you got to take you look, you got to take it from wherever it comes. You, know, you don't have you don't have to like the messenger just focus on the message and and, and for for whatever it's worth i don't like you either so it, <laughs> okay it nice mutual agreement between us there yeah no it's very painful now this is benefiting you in some way um, <laughs> you start just giving bad advice knowing that i'm listening <laughs> yeah so what you really need to do is you need to remember everything never write anything down right. say yes to as many things as possible um <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got D. You've you've you're on the right. you're on the dad path here. Yeah. Okay. So th- so then the second one is is this something that needs to happen um, more than once, right? Because there's a lot of things that we do or that need to be done that aren't necessarily just one off things. Right. It's um, you know, for for example, you know, am I going to need to get stuff out of my head? Is that a one time thing or is that an ongoing thing? It's an ongoing thing. And so the A is automated. It's how do I create a system that either partially or wholly gets this thing done for me, right? And so that's one of the reasons I'm so big on systems is because systems help me to think about a plan once and then I don't have to think about it again unless I'm reevaluating the system itself, right? right. And so the A is automate. And anything that needs to be done you know, more than a couple times why on earth would you want to just keep doing it over and over and over? Like it's beyond me how many times I see people doing the same painstaking process over and over, remembering things, doing things. I'm like, oh my God, like like this is what you want to spend your human energy on? <laughs> right. Like it's it, when you take a step back and you think about it, it's it's absurd, but it's easy to get caught up in because we don't think about it that way. And so- the right. A is about automating things. And I'm, can, would, I, would I be right? Oh, I think I might be talking ahead here. I'm going to wait to hear what the next D is. Because I was just about to ask. I will ask while I've said it. Just say it, Dean. In, the, it. in the automate section, is that specifically referring to like online or techno- technological systems to automate? Or does that also include passing it on? Which I was about to say delegate. And then I went, hang on, there's another D. Damn it, you jumped the gun, but you're I right. Did. I did. I um, so so when I think when I think automate, it's it's a uh it's a spectrum from you know on one side of the spectrum you have no automation where every time you're reinventing the thing. Right. right? Yes. Yeah. And on the other side of the spectrum, you've got, you know, technology solutions that are doing, you know, everything from soup to nuts. And so along that continuum, it's like, okay. A, a simple example of automation would be I have a three-step process for doing X, Y, Z. So at least every time I do it, I don't have to think about what those three steps are. Right. I get you. Yeah. Right? Makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. And then and then advancing that in terms of uh, technological support. Yeah. I'd lo- I love the idea of using technology to automate things because you can do it so much cheaper than, uh, than you know, thinking about it or even having somebody else do it. But you're absolutely right. Leading to the um, the next letter D is delegate, and and this is this is reserved for the things that have not have made it through these first two filters. One, anything that need to be deleted has already been deleted. Second, anything that needs to be automated has been automated. Third, 
we're getting to delegate it because when we delegate, the important thing that we have to realize is we're still using expensive resource. People are expensive resource. And it doesn't matter whether it's me as a person or somebody else on my team as a person. One, I have a tremendous amount of value for people. And, right. and I want to maximize their mental bandwidth and make sure they're only focused on the things that they need to do that they have to do. But once we've reached that point, it's like, okay, let's, let's delegate it. And, you know, there's, there's a whole, whole conversation around delegating it because most people don't delegate. They just sort of throw things over the fence and hope and pray that the other person knows what they're doing, which they rarely do. And (laughs) it hardly ever works. And then they get thrown back over the fence to you. And you're like, Oh my God, I thought I delegated this. Well, you didn't, you just like, slung it over the fence to somebody and you called it delegation. And there's a huge difference between those things. But when you properly delegate something to somebody, you're helping them, uh, you're helping them understand what they need to do when it needs to be done. And you're clear on who's doing it so that there's accountability. Obviously there's, there's a lot to, you know, kind of unpack there, but the third, the third letter in the framework is delegation. Right. So we've got, I'm just reading through my notes. Does this need to be done? That's the first question. So if the answer is yes, then it then it stays. If it doesn't, we get rid immediately. Like brute force approach, get Gone. rid of this. Gone. Gone. I Done. never want to see it again. Okay. So we're not even. You're not even going to say, well, I don't want to delete it just in case. Let me store it in a hidden place so no one knows it's there. It's like a dirty little secret. You're not even going that far. You're saying no. This is gone. If you want to have, so I have I have a concept of something called a wish list. And the wish list for me is like we all have wild and crazy ideas that if we do, if we remember them all the time, they will make us nuts. Right. So the the solution like you're having that, a dream, you're in the shower, you just thought of your next million dollar idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're just like, <laughs> oh my gosh! Like here's a, so my my grandfather, <laughs> my grandfather was Italian, and he loved pasta. Like this guy ate pasta every day that I can remember in his entire life, including (laughs) Thanksgiving and Christmas. Even when we had like a Turkey or a ham, he still ate pasta. I believe we can put that in the category of legendary. Very, very legendary. Right. So he's, he's all about pasta. And he was like, you know what? Sometimes I wish I didn't have to twirl my fork. Right. I wish I didn't have to twirl my fork (laughs) on my spoon and like wrangle up the spaghetti. So he goes in his garage, super creative guy makes this like mechanism uh, and attaches it to a fork where he, you push down on the fork. And as you're pushing down, the fork spins on its own. No way. <laughs> yeah. It's the funniest thing. He was so proud of it. He showed me, he's like, look, look, I don't have to twirl my spaghetti fork anymore. And anyway, so like if you're thinking of, you know, your next million dollar idea as a twirling spaghetti fork, but it has nothing to do with your business. Maybe that goes in your wish list. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's not like I got to forget about all my fun ideas forever. I okay. want them. I, w- I want to make the distinction that there's short-term storage and long-term storage, right? Yeah. I get you. Yeah. That thing, those things go to long-term storage and you can go and look at them in a, uh, in a, in a nostalgic way, much like you'd go back and look at a photo album from when you were in high school. Yeah. Right. You're like, ah, right. oh, like what a fun idea. And, and, you know, perhaps then you take action on it at some point, but for right now, if you're clear on what your priorities are, it doesn't line up. It doesn't belong in short-term storage. It doesn't belong in an action plan. It belongs in long-term storage. And I call that a wish list. Okay. There we go. Right. So does this need to be done? Delete wish list, etc. Next question. So we've everyone that's remained every task that still sits, we're then asking, does this need to be done more than one time? And if mm-hmm. it, if it, if it does need to be doing more than once, then we're going to look for ways to automate that if possible. Right? Yes. And, and I should, I should uh, say something for clarification here because people get, people get crazy when you start talking about automation, everyone, <laughs> everybody wants to automate like things to the ninth degree. And, and it's like, okay, good. But like, hold your, hold your horses and slow your roll. When you're yes. talking about automating, you need to think about things in three stages, good, better, best. 
I yes. will I will take good automation today over the best automation in six months any day of the week because yes. that because that's enabling me to recoup time, resource, energy, and everything else now. And it gets me on the path. And we can evolve from good automation to better automation to the best automation as we go. And and so many people let the idea of a perfect automated solution get in the way of them having a good automated solution that gives them a win right now. Right. Yeah, indeed. And, and you know, what? I think one of the things that I've seen, and I say that in a judgmental way, but I really mean I've seen myself do this. <laughs> um, I think you get to a point sometimes, you know, when you've been doing this stuff so long, that sometimes you almost... I don't know, is it an ego thing or what? But you you want to build something that shows off all that you know and can do. So like in terms of the automation and campaigns and systems, it's like, okay, now I'm going to show you how powerful my knowledge is. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to build this epic automation system. And if they do that, they go there. And if that happens, that happens. I mean, people, people, it is one of those areas you can go crazy with. You can, you can go crazy. And I would say, I would say this as well on that topic. You should never move from good to better or from better to best unless that is going to give you a return on your investment. Oh, yes. I love that. Okay, so we're not going to mess with things for the sake of messing with things. No, because I say no. Like, why were we messing with this? If it's not, and if it's, is it a marginal return on my investment? Is the juice worth the squeeze? You know, that's a question that I'm constantly asking when I'm talking to people, my, my team, coaching clients, all this, like, is the juice worth the squeeze? Is what I have to do in order to get the result worth it? Mm, I love that. Is the juice worth the squeeze? <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Okay, yeah. so we're, we're halfway through the dad. We've gone, does it, we've deleted if it needs to be, do, does this need to be done, et cetera? Does this need to be done more than once? We automate. And then finally, we're saying, I guess the question is, do I need to be the one doing it? Yeah, that's right. And so then it's like, okay, if not, delegate it. And if so, the last D, because it's D-A-D-D, delete, automate, delegate, do it. Ah, sorry. I didn't I didn't see the extra D there. I know. Nobody sees it coming. It's a silent D. <laughs> yeah, it's dad. <laughs> okay, so what was that last one again? D-A-double-D. Um, to do it. Do so it. it's, yeah. So, so after... I've gone through all of those filters then and only then am I actually doing something. And so when you think about like you have these filters in place, your, your opportunity to get overloaded becomes a lot smaller. Yes. Right. Cause yeah. you're kind of setting you know I look with this. It's almost like I'm picturing this as like almost like a, a sales funnel, like a filter, like yeah. a filtration system where you're going to dump a bunch of crap in the top, which is all your tasks to-do lists, projects, thoughts, craziness. And the idea is, is by the time it starts filtering out the bottom and dripping through, you want the least amount coming through to where you have to do it. Yes. Is that what really what we're getting here is that it yeah. either wants to be deleted as much as is not needed, automated as much as needed, delegated as much as physically possible so that the only things left are absolutely needed, cannot be automated, cannot be passed on to anyone else, and only you can do this. And you want to end up with a really small, but really like impactful list of things that you are now going to do. 100%. Well, there we go. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know how many tips were tucked in amongst that, but if, if people are still <laughs> listening and not blown away, like I hope they were taking as many notes as me. Well, I know Doug was. Doug was taking. Doug definitely Doug was, take was. Yeah. And maybe it should even be called the Doug framework. Maybe we'll change I think the name. it was. I think there was that many tips in there. Even Ramasio found one or two things to add into his business. <laughs> Ramasio is still judgmental of us, and he found zero value in what we just had to say. <laughs> He's many even delegated of, his anger. Yeah, many of our new listeners will not know who Ramasio is, but he was he was a guest on an unaired show because it was such an awful show. We said, we're not airing this. <laughs> I think if memory serves correctly, he talked about himself nonstop for 18 minutes because we want to see how long it would take him to take a breath. We actually muted ourselves, I think, for 11 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. So so anyway, um, one, I appreciate you bringing up this topic, and um, I'm grateful that you're okay. Um, 
Wow, I've never heard anything sound so forced in all my life. I know, I know. I felt like people would think I'm a complete ass if I didn't say that. So it was social pressure. Did you just throw up in your own mouth? I thought I heard something. Yeah, I'm going to need a mint for sure. Um, well, there we go. I did live to tell the tale, and now we can now we can hopefully share some some wisdom around the subject. Well, and that's and that's it, right? And because because I do feel this is a uh, almost a not a taboo topic, but it's it's something that doesn't get a lot of airtime because right. everyone wants to think they're invincible, and everyone wants to think you know they're a superhero, and you know all these all these different things. But the truth is, like you're you got a physical component to this existence. You have a body, you have a mind, you Mm. have to manage those things effectively. And when you don't, there can be negative consequences that, you know, fortunately in your case, you could bounce back from because there's no no long-term negative effect. But for many people who ignore the warning signs, who just continue to throw themselves into overwhelm, who continue to say yes, who continue to not have systems and strategies for helping them, manage their resources and their time and their energy and, and, and focus on what they need to be, be working on the, the, you can't bounce back sometimes mm, and, yeah. and it's not worth it. Like we've got to stay focused on, uh, on the long game. And like we said, you know, part of the long game is, is being alive and healthy enough to enjoy it. Definitely. Definitely. And I think like, I'm, I'm glad we got the opportunity to have this conversation. Cause I think one of the things that I can certainly observe about myself. Um, and actually I noticed this amongst all entrepreneurs. I, I do think that one of the superpowers, if we want to call it that of a, of an entrepreneur is that they do seem to have, like, I do notice like a commonality is people, people running businesses do tend to have a, like the ability to, to have a capacity to take on more than what many people might do. Yeah. Um, and I think that what we've got to be aware of, and this past week has been a, a real wake up call for me, is whilst you might be able to take on more, understand that no matter how much you can take on or how little, everybody has the capacity, a capacity that reaches boiling point. It reaches that overspill. And I think like what I've clearly experienced is my my point took me about 15 years to reach that point, but it did happen. Yeah. You know, and, and I think we are all on that path if you don't take notice of it. You know, yeah. and, and and just like you've said, James, you're aware of people in the past seven days since I, you know, mentioned this to a couple to a couple of people or I did a live in my private community group on Facebook. The amount of I must have had at least a dozen messages or so, 10, 12 messages, and multiple of those. One of them even said, you know, he works with clients. One of his clients actually died last year, and some of their conversations they had previously were almost identical to what I was telling them I was experiencing. And so yeah. this is, you know, we laugh and joke on this show and we do have a good time and that's what we're about. And that's the type of people we are. But there is a very serious element here. And I, and I think, you know, to all the people listening, running businesses, feeling maybe overwhelmed, feeling like they're at capacity and they're giving everything they're all and just feel a bit stuck and stagnant because no matter how hard you try, you just don't feel like things are happening. And you may well be well advised to take take on board what we've said here today and just take a day out take two days out, take as long as necessary to sit down, run yourself through an exercise like this. I think, James, I, I, I've loved that that dad process and formula. I think taking what I did, brain dumping, getting everything out, and then running through what you yep. just shared there, yep. I, think, I, think, I think regardless of if you feel overwhelmed or not, I think it would warrant everybody listening to just go through that process. Even if, even if, you, heck, even if you're listening, you don't even have a business, your personal life could probably benefit from this. I think everybody should do this and it's going to help. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in today. Thank you for, uh, thank you for being part of our just the tips family. Um, make sure that you're listening to, uh, to the show with us every Tuesday at 1 PM Eastern. We will be here live with you guys. Um, many of you may or may not know that you can actually call into the show and we'd love to have you call into the show, ask some questions, give Dean some shit, whatever you want. (laughs) Feel feel free to call into the show at 888-627-6008. That's 888-627-6008. Or if you're international, you can call 323-744-4831. This is James P. Freel signing off today for me and my co-host, Mr. Dean Holland, with another episode of Just the Tips. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. 
For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justatipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.